0: Good morning everyone. I'm so glad you're here as we wrap up our series called Better Together, really which has just been looking at how we are truly better when we are bound together as family in friendships and connections. Over the past few weeks what we've learned is a lot actually. We've learned how church is meant to be a family. We then took a look at some of those big distractions to us as family and learned how to deal with them through listening and through really questioning our distractions. Then Martin shared so well on conflict and how we aren't really called to fight with our family, but really for our family through grace, vulnerability, and discipleship. We took a look at marriage and how marriage is really not just about being made happy, it's about being made holy through actually mutual submission. And then Denise shared so well on the big story of the Bible and how we're called to root our families in that story. And then Dave shared so well last week, uh, really about the next generation and about how we're called to not miss that phase, but especially how we're called to listen to one another. And so today we want to wrap up the series really with something that is exciting and celebratory and so meaningful. Today we want to actually celebrate baptisms here together. But before we kind of jump into baptism, I want to end off this series with one small devotional, really looking at three things here together. What I want to explore is what we as Christians are called to do. I want to explore the foundation of that calling, and I want to explore exactly how that relates to baptism here today. And so to begin with, I want to read to you a little bit from Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and then we're going to work it through. Paul says this, that since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who has died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him, or as it actually says, has given us like a ministry of reconciliation. For God was in Christ reconciling the word to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors and God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And in this passage, there are some really incredible and powerful verses and moments for us. But today, I really want to explore just two things. I want to explore first what we are called to do as Christians. And then secondly, the foundation of that calling and how it all relates to baptism. And the first thing that we see, the very first thing that we see is that we are called to be a people of reconciliation that we are called to actually have a ministry of reconciliation, that we are called to be ambassadors and to practice reconciliation. And we see this in the text itself. We read this about this call for us to be people of reconciliation. He says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. This is our task. This is our calling of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. But the NIV actually does a much better job and it puts that verse 18 this way. It says, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And listen to this, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, I know that that's a little bit of an older world word, but that is actually what we're called to do. We are called to participate in God's ongoing ministry of reconciliation. And reconciliation, what it's really about is bringing things that have been separated back together. And this all makes sense in the flow of the passage because this passage talks about sin. And what sin does is to separate what is meant to be together. Listen to how Paul puts it. He says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Because sin was separating. Or he says this at the end of the passage, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So here we get an insight into not only the work of Christ, but also the effects of sin. That what we see is that sin separates, but then the amazing work of Christ is to bring us back together. That what he says, Paul in this passage, he says, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back through Christ. That Christ has acted as our reconciler, bringing us into right relationship with God. And he says that this is also then to be our calling. That reconciliation, what it really does, it is peace-building, sin-bridging work. And that if we know Christ, if we've been reconciled to God by Christ, then what Paul says is that we are to join with Christ in his ministry of reconciliation that wherever there is sin that is separating people from one another or from God, we as Christians are called to actually to join in this ministry of reconciliation. This ministry of bringing back together what is meant to be together. This ministry of peace building and sin bridging work. These are what Paul says so clearly. He says, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is our calling as Christians. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And if we understand this, we would then understand why two things matter immensely in the Christian faith, both evangelism and justice, and they're both actually intertwined. That what we are called to do in this ministry of reconciliation as Christians is we are called to share the good news of Jesus. We are called to share our faith. We are called to share our hope and all the things that God has done within us and how he has changed us. We are to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us. That is called evangelism. And that is really about the work of reconciliation between God and people. That's what that's about but then we're also called to do the work of justice actually, of actually standing against oppression, of standing against marginalization, of really standing against violence and all that is wrong within our world, that what sin does is it separates people, right? And the ministry of reconciliation is then to bring people back together. So to talk about reconciliation means that we need to talk about two things. We need to talk about reconciling people to God, that's evangelism, and then reconciling people to one another, that's justice, That what sin does is it separates us from God and one another, and we as Christians are called to be part of actually Christ's ministry of reconciliation in both those aspects and in both those spheres. That's what we're called to do. We are called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. We are called to be workers of peace. We are called to join Christ in what he is doing in our world and around us today. Now obviously, as I've mentioned here a few times here at Bethany, I plan my sermons pretty far out in advance. And so today when I came to preach this, I didn't feel that it would be appropriate, even though the sermon was wrote you know, uh, a number of weeks ago, I didn't think it would be appropriate to talk about reconciliation without pausing, and especially naming the real tragedy and atrocity that of the recent discovery in the residential school uh, within Kamloops. That especially that when it comes to indigenous people, that as Christians, we need to be working for reconciliation, especially if we are settlers. I wanna give you two reasons for why this matters immensely for us here. The first is that Paul is unequivocally absolutely clear. Every single Christian is called to do the work or the ministry of reconciliation. That wherever sin is working, separating people, we are to actually work in the gap to bring reconciliation, wholeness, harmony, shalom. That's what we're called to do. That we are called to be people of reconciliation. But then secondly, especially with indigenous people, we need to work for reconciliation not only because of our calling as Christians, but especially actually as an act of Repentance, that when it comes to working with reconciliation with indigenous people, we need to, as Christians, actually move towards this as an act of repentance and responsibility for the terrible atrocities that Christians have done to indigenous people. And in Christianity, in Christianity, our view of sin is so much bigger and deeper than just what we individually do. There's something called corporate sin. So what this means is that when Christians have hurt and caused sin and trauma and pain and abuse and terrible atrocities, What this means is that we as Christians need to name that and we need to take responsibility and we need to work with repentance towards reconciliation. This is what we are called to do. That in some ways, follow with me, it doesn't matter whether we were there or not. What matters is that we take our biblical calling to name and repent from sin incredibly seriously. And in the Bible, sin is so much bigger than what we individually do, it also includes what we corporately do. So for these reasons, it matters immensely that we work towards reconciliation with indigenous people. And if you want to learn more about corporatism, I encourage you to go back and to listen to my sermon series on lament and lamentations in November, where we talked about both those two things. And if you want to start to take some of those steps of responsibility towards repentance and reconciliation, especially with Indigenous people, I'd encourage you to really go check out our website, bethanycc.ca slash unity, to find some practical next steps. But it didn't seem wise, and it didn't seem right, For us to name reconciliation in this sermon without also naming those atrocities and tragedies that have happened and continue to happen. And so what Paul makes it really clear in this passage, what Paul makes really clear is that we are to work for reconciliation. And there's lots that I could say about this. There's lots more we could dive into it. There's lots more that we could unpack. But today, that's actually not my focus. Today, I don't want to just unpack our calling. Today, what I really want to unpack with us today is actually the foundation for that calling. And for that, I want to focus in on some of the verses that we read previously, really seeing what it is that Paul is calling us not only to, but the foundation that he is laying so that we can actually then be those people of reconciliation. Listen to what he says. He says, "And since we believe that Christ died for all, also we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought about Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we now we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has. Been begun. These are the verses I want to focus in on here this morning. Those verses, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. Now, in our day and age and in our world, there's something called the law of thermodynamics and the law of entropy. And from my amazing Google searches, I'm not going to pretend I understand this well, but from my amazing Google searches, this is about the level of disorder in systems. And what this really means is that any system that's kind of like left unchecked, it will tend towards decay, disorder, death, and like just disintegration, right? I bet you many of you, many of you have actually experienced that in COVID, that families, relationships, connections, if they're left untended, they don't tend towards harmony, they tend towards chaos, right? They don't tend towards order, they tend towards coming apart. I think we've seen that in COVID actually, that relationships have been disintegrating, and that what we don't often see in our world is something brand new starting. That's not usually what happens. That's not how our world functions. But that is absolutely unequivocally what Paul says. Listen to how Paul puts it. He says that since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our old life. There's a change that's happening. He says, Christ died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. This means, follow with me, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Anyone wanna say amen to that? This is a beautiful promise. Listen to how Paul puts it. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Paul teaches us that when we come to know Christ, everything can be made new. That there's this radical change in who we are. There's this radical change in our being and in our lives. He says that the old is gone and the new has come. He says anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. And you might not have trouble believing that Paul says it, but you might have trouble believing that it's true for you. Because so often we might not actually feel new. We might feel shackled to our old lives and to who we once were. We may not feel that newest, newness within us. But Paul is unequivocally clear that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. And what I don't think we can overstate theologically is the change that Christ works within you once you come to know him. We cannot overstate that, that when you come to Christ, you are made new, you are made holy, you are made pure and blameless. This is how scripture speaks of it, that you are actually made into a brand new creation. The old is gone, a new life has begun. This is the amazing work that Christ does within you. This is the grace and the gift that he gives to you. This is who you are if you belong to Jesus. And I just think that this matters so, so very much. I think what so often happens in our day and age and in our lives is that we don't maybe feel the truth of what is actually true about you, that you are holy, pure, blameless, that you are a new creation, that new life has begun. The old is gone and passed away, and instead, Christ has done a work within you. This is what happens at salvation. And if we're ever going to become people who work for reconciliation, we first need to know who we are in Christ that what I think has happened far too often in the church, what I think has happened far too often, is that we have told people what not to do and not who they are. Let me say that again. That what has often happened in the church is we've told people what not to do rather than who we are. So we say, don't do this, don't do that. Rather than reminding them that they are a new creation, they no longer need to live according to old patterns and old behaviors and old sinful junk. We can actually live out of the new work that Christ has done within us And yes, there is some new work to do, some repentance, some responsibility, some work of reconciliation, but because when you come to know Christ, he makes you new, you can join in in what he is doing. And that's what I wanna remind you of today, and that's what I wanna remind myself of, that what Christ does is he makes us new. Listen to the verses, listen to what Paul says. Paul says that since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our old life. It's dead and gone. You no longer need to live according to it. It's he says that he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. We can live differently because of what Christ has done. Instead, they will live for Christ who has died and raised for them. And Paul says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And here, here's the tie-in to baptism. That what baptism is all about actually. Baptism is about a symbol of that new life. Baptism is a step in that new life. Baptism is a reminder of that new life. That when we are baptized, we go down into the water, symbolizing the grave, the old life, all that junk that we carry around, and we are raised to new life, to live out in that new way that Paul talks about. That as Paul says, instead they will live for Christ who who died and was raised for them. That in baptism, we symbolically join in what Jesus has done that we go into the grave and are raised to life so that we might live differently, so we might live out of that newness, so that we might live out of that hope that Jesus has given to us, that we are new, that we are different, and that we are changed. And this, this is why I love baptism so much, because I don't know about you, but I'll speak for me. Does anybody else ever have a difficulty of living into the new life that Christ has already given to you? I know that for me, sometimes it can be so easy It's almost like gravity or like a black hole that draws you in to slide back into sinful habits, thoughts, all that kind of stuff. It can be really easy to slide back into old patterns. Has anybody else ever experienced this? That what we know unequivocally true is that when you come to Jesus Christ, you are made new. This is what Paul says clearly. But sometimes we slide back into our old patterns and behaviors. This is why for me, at least for me, baptism is so important. Because what baptism is all about it is about a physical reminder of a spiritual reality. Let me say that again. Baptism is a physical reminder of a spiritual reality. That when you go down into the water, this is a reminder that you are made new, that Christ has done a work within you, that Christ has actually changed you. And here's why at least I know I need it. That so often, so often what Satan, my inner life, and you know, sin whisper to me is that I'm a phony, I'm a fraud, I'm not true. Christ hasn't done a work within me. There's all so much accusation within So this is why baptism matters so much. It is that physical reminder of what is spiritually true for all of us. This is what I look back to in my baptism. I remember that moment where as a young child, I go under the water and come up to remind me of what is already true about me, that Christ has changed me. And if you've been baptized, you have this reminder as well. And even if you've been baptized as a child, while our practices might be different, the idea is similar, that when you're baptized as a child, this is about you being claimed by the community and the family of God. This is what this is. So what is baptism? Baptism really is a reminder of who we are in Christ, that we are made new. And it's also a reminder about who we belong to, that we belong to the family of God. So what does this all mean for us today? Well, one thing it obviously means is that baptism immensely matters. It's about being raised to life. But then my main point today for each and every one of us is just this, that when you come to know Christ, you are made new. This is who you are. This is who you are at your core. This is the foundation that we should be building everything on. The main point is just this, that when you come to know Christ, you are made new. The old is gone, a new life has begun. A radical alteration and change is true about you. And baptism is a reminder of this change. It's a symbol of this change and it's a step living out that change. So today, today as we come towards baptism, I have actually not just one challenge for you in my short devotional, I actually have four. My first challenge is this. My first challenge is this. Is that today? Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today is the day to get to know him. That you can be made new. If you have some old junk and sin within your life you need to be just leave behind. If you just come to him and accept him and pray to him, he will make a new thing happen within you. You can be made new and transformed. The old can go and new can begin. This is what I wanna encourage you to do. That if you don't know Jesus, today is the day to accept him. And then let us know online through our connection card so that we can walk with you, so we can pray with you, so we can join with you. But this this is the single most important decision you can make today if you don't know Jesus. Secondly, secondly, my second challenge then is that today, if you haven't been baptized, I want to challenge you to actually let us know so that you can be baptized. You're never too old or too young to take this step. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't taken this step yet, please let Jamie know at jamie at to let them know that you're interested because we're going to be holding more baptism services shortly. So we want you to be able to be a part of that. And then thirdly, Thirdly, today, when the baptisms happen in just a moment, whether you're at home, in your basement, in your room, outside, whatever it is, I want you to clap and to cheer and to be loud and to celebrate together because this is a huge thing. This is a moment for each of those people to remember what Christ has done in their life, that he has made them new. And then finally and lastly, for all of us who follow Jesus. Might you live into that new life that Christ has started within you. You are new, you are made and transformed into his likeness. Let us live that out. Let us leave behind those patterns of sin and junk and brokenness, and instead, let's move forward in the work that God has for us. And what is the work that he has for us? A ministry of reconciliation. Between us and one another, between us and God, that's what we're called to join Jesus in. And so with that, would you join with me in prayer today? God today. I'm so grateful for your work of reconciliation, for your gift, for your ministry to us that then reconciles us so that we might be able to walk with you, so that we are saved, so that we might be changed and transformed. I pray for anyone, Lord, today who has not made that choice. Would they make that choice today? And I pray, God, for each and every person who is being baptized. Might they just sense your presence and your hope and your newness and your life within them today? And I pray for all of us. Might we follow you obediently and might we live out of that new life that you have started within us. We pray this all in your name, amen.